Hey, how's life? This is Minister Joanne Williams from Grace on Display Ministries. Welcome to the Art of Successful Living. Learn how to overcome personal difficulties, make better choices, and cultivate a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. Today's lesson is all about check yourself before you wreck yourself. This is a popular rhyming slang phrase originating from hip-hop artist Ice Cube. This expression is a warning for people to reflect on their deeds before they proceed with their actions and get into trouble. Check yourself before you wreck yourself is part of our continuing series, The Attitude of Christ. This primary topic is focused on accountability. We are responsible for our own attitude, actions, reactions, communication, and interpersonal relationships. Accountability allows you to accept all your flaws, because we all got them, and then allow the spirit of the living God to transform our ways to become more Christ-like. God's goal for you and me is that we have the mind of Christ, meaning that what the Christian mind should be like or what our attitude should be like. Those who receive and believe the gospel are called to live according to the gospel, to conduct our lives in such a way that we live for Christ. Newsflash, we are citizens of heaven. Philippians chapter 2 verse 5, New Living Translation reads, You must have the same attitude that Jesus Christ had. Simply stated, having the same attitude as Christ. It's also important to understand that if you lack accountability, you lack self-awareness. And without self-awareness, your Christian journey can resemble running in place. Same place, same time, and not going anywhere. Let's take action and be accountable. Check yourself before you wreck yourself in this context is all about differentiating who has the mind or the attitude of Christ and who doesn't. Check your attitude. We said the last time the word check means examine in order to determine the quality uh-oh, or condition or accuracy or to detect the presence of something. You know, like they might check your blood to see if there is antigens in it so that, you know, they can give you a blood transfusion. Or you check something, you, you, you check uh, to see if you got gas in the car or whatever, air in the tire. You're checking to detect the presence of something, whether it should be there or shouldn't be there. According to the Merriam-Webster... <laughs> Dictionary, 
The word attitude means an internal position or feeling with regard to something else or someone else. Other words often used as synonyms are disposition, feeling, mood, opinion, sentiment, temper, tone, perspective, frame of mind, outlook, view, or morale. Man, that's a lot of different ways to break that word down. But anyway, so having said that, I want to mention again that article by Dale Robbins. It talks about airplane pilots who often use the word attitude to describe their horizontal relationship with the runway. Then they land. If their attitude isn't aligned properly, the plane will make contact with the ground at the wrong angle and it will cause them to crash. In essence, your attitude, my attitude, is our inward disposition towards other things, such as people or circumstances. Just like an airplane, attitude is applied whenever you must deal with something or someone other than yourself. So the question we have to ask is, what is your horizontal relationship with others? What is your attitude like when you have to deal with stuff when it don't go your way? Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Now, let's read Philippians chapter 1, verses 15 through 18. Let's see what it says. It's a verse starting at verse 15. It's true that there are some who preach Christ out of competition and controversy, for they are jealous over the way God has used me. This is Paul speaking. Many others have pure motives. They preach with grace and love filling their hearts because they know I've been destined for the purpose of defending the revelation of God. Those who preach Christ with ambition and competition are insincere. They just want to add to the hardships of my imprisonment. Yet in spite of all this, I am overjoyed. For what does it matter as long as Christ is being preached? If they preach it with mixed motives or with genuine love, the message of Christ is still being preached. And I will continue to rejoice. So the guys in Rome who were preaching, didn't have the correct hearts for doing ministry and preaching. But as we reflect on the scripture, we can also apply more than one application. And that application regarding this scripture is this. God wants us to have pure motives. Your heart, your mind reveals your motivation. Check your mind. Remember that song, Why Don't You Check Out Your Mind? Been with you all the time. Well, anyway, as I stated in our last episode, that God looks at the heart. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord, the Lord does not see as man sees. 
For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart or the mind, the motives and intentions. Jeremiah 17.10 I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. So God knowing the heart of a person, you know, that's not earth shattering. I just think that people forget about that sometimes, that he knows our true motives and our true intentions. Why is God so concerned with our hearts or with our minds, or with my mind, your mind? Folks, you are preparing yourself for heaven. And you're not going to get there and then get a new spirit. When you get to heaven, you're just going to get a new body. So, if you can't get it right on this side of heaven, man, it's going to be rough. God wants to purify our motives. Proverbs 21 verse 2 says, Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the hearts. What does it mean to you? Check yourself before you wreck yourself. you got to get your motives right. You have to do an inventory of your life and check yourself. So this is not a, an exercise that a lot of people do, checking their motives. you got to ask yourself, God, do I even want to share the gospel? Do I care that people are going to hell? You might want to ask yourself, am I saved? Am I really saved? You know, am I just going through the motions? You know, I'm just a perpetrator. A fake. You know, tears. I don't know. Anyway, 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 28 says, But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of the cup. Even before communion, we're supposed to be examining ourselves. People don't think we ain't, you know... We ain't worried about what we're doing. We always worried about what somebody else is doing. But what about us? 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you are disqualified. Am I in the faith? What am I doing? Why am I doing it? What is this for? Is my prayer life exposed before God? In other words, asking him, God, what is there in me that needs to change? What parts of me are not in subjection to you? Psalms 26 verse 2 says, examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my mind and my heart. God is there Someone I've hurt. Is there someone I need to forgive? Do my actions display your love? Does my mouth match up with your word? Are my motives pure? My actions follow my heart and my mouth. There is a constant and pervasive fight against the enemy. This is why if we don't stay connected to God, the church, his word, and other believers, we fall away. 
The motive train derails really easily. You have to be constantly doing a motive inventory. You got to check yourself before you wreck yourself. We have to have pure motivation. We have to root out anything in our heart that is not of God. The sin of selfish ambition. Paul was saying that the former, those guys, they were preaching from selfish ambition and that they weren't sincere and, and they thought that they were adding to his afflictions, you know, while he was in chains. So to Paul, what got on his nerves the most was that these guys weren't preaching Jesus for souls to win souls. They were doing it for themselves to promote themselves. And you're going to see a lot of that. Because we are living in perilous times, demonic times, fierce times. And the Bible says this is the complete opposite of the fruits of the Spirit. So let me read from the New Living Translation, Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. Before I read it in the New Living Translation, let me read it this way first. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, let me read it now from the New Living's translation because I think it makes it a little bit clearer. It says, let me emphasize this. As you yield to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. When your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit, you hinder him from living free within you. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your self-life from dominating you. So then the two incompatible and conflicting forces within you are your self-life of the flesh and the new creation life of the Spirit. But when you yield to the life of the Spirit, you will no longer be living under the law but soaring above it. The behavior of the self-life is obvious. Sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others, hatred of those who get in your way, senseless arguments, resentment when others are favored, temper tantrums, angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself, being in love with your own opinions, being envious of the blessings of others, murder, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties, and other similar behavior. Wow. Then it says, haven't I already warned you that those who use their freedom for these things will not inherit the kingdom realm of God? But the fruit Produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. Joy that overflows. Peace that subdues. 
patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of spirit. Wow, that's a lot. Hopefully that made it a little clearer. So God does not want you or me or anyone operating from selfish ambition, uh, which is akin to jealousy and envy. And then, you know, all that other stuff I just mentioned. We have to fight the flesh to win the motive war. If you don't fight the flesh, the motives cannot be pure because they're infected with the flesh. God wants us to be motivated by a heart or mind of love. A heart of love is the complete opposite of selfish ambition. What's your motive? Let it be love. Psalms 51.10 says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Our motive should always be love. We should always be focusing on having love be our primary motivation. Again, this is why we pray and ask God to work in our hearts. God, help me to have your love. God, help me to have your attitude. God, help me to do it the way you want it done. God, help me to see it the way you see it. Help me to call it as you call it. Help me to walk like you talk, like you act, like you look, like you move, like you pray, like you live, like you love, like you. God, help me. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. The goal of this podcast is to influence Christian followers to lead successful or more successful Christian lives as they reflect on the love of God and the word of God. You know, it's one thing to say we love Jesus and we're going to follow him, but it's another thing to get up and do it. The question is, how can we do it well? The second goal of this podcast is to develop a deeper interest in and understanding of the Bible. Third, to encourage believers in Christ to not accept mediocrity. To encourage believers in Christ not to accept mediocrity, but instead to strive to reach their fullest potential in Christ. If you are looking for the power to endure challenges of a Christian life, live through temptations in our culture, and gain insight and wisdom for decision-making and deepen your walk with God, join us every week and listen to this podcast. Do yourself a favor and subscribe now.